pasa la juca si no lo guarda con esa. Y el pum 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 Good evening and welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We have a special guest with us tonight, Coach Rogers there from Lee High School. How are you doing tonight, Coach? Hey, doing good. Thanks for having me on tonight. Absolutely. No, thanks for joining us. We know your travel schedule's been kind of hectic with the uh, last two uh, or these upcoming tournament and last weekend and everything with all the travel and stuff there for a uh, preseason. But uh, before we get into that, I know Danielle had a, a fun idea to kick off our first show here of the New Year's. And yeah, I'm going to throw you under the bus just like that. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> Anyhow. Well, I'll kick it off. Uh, I thought all the viewers, viewers and listeners would want to know what our New Year's resolutions are. Um, mine is to adult. I've decided to grow up um, this year. So I put an offer on a house. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed that it's accepted. But I feel like that's a kind of a grown up step that I should probably do by now. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. So we'll have a, a big party uh, when if and when I get it. So. New show over at Danielle's house uh, here next month. So is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Takes yeah. longer than a month, buddy. <laughs> Hopefully no not. Furniture, but we'll do a show. <laughs> our, our first live all together show. Well, if memory serves me right, the only reason you delayed it this far was for a trip to the uh, Women's World Cup, right? It was like House Women's World Cup in France. Yes. Yes. And I think I'm going to go on safari next year in 2021. So I was like, hmm. I can do it all. I want it all. I can have it all, right? Well, we didn't get any uh, live segments from the World Cup, so we'll expect live segments while on safari. That'll be for sure. Absolutely. For you, Scott, anything. (laughs) Rafa, what about you, man? I I know I saw the meme earlier. Any uh, New Year's resolutions? Um, Same whopper. Same type of talker. But I do have some good news. I'm actually starting my master's degree this month. Oh, yay. Where are you starting it at? Uh, with well, who I work for, University of Houston, Victoria. Oh, awesome. I'm doing my master's in uh, adult, uh, education and adult, um, adult higher ed. So I'll be working on that, and then we'll see if I'll go on to the PhD. Nice. Thinking about it. Dr. Rafa. <laughs> and what about you, Harry? Well, I don't have anything as cool as as, as uh, two examples ahead of me, but uh, uh, I guess uh, my New Year's resolution is going to be to be kinder to the referees since we have a referee on, on the show now. Uh, maybe not to be as hard on them. I'm going to try. I won't make any promises, but uh, I, I think that's a good soccer-related uh, um, New Year's resolution. Keep it uh, and I guess uh, the other one that I want to do more personal would be to get into a little bit better shape, so... Uh, maybe I can be out there with Scott one of these uh, Saturdays or Sundays and uh, kick the ball around uh, with him to see if if I'm yeah at that level or you know still way down at you know Pee Wee level. <laughs> we got you, man. That sounds like a fun one. And uh, for you, for you, Coach Rogers, well, uh, other than the state next week, right? <laughs> What's that, Scott? I said any uh, New Year's resolutions for you guys other than a state championship. 
Um, we're not losing PKs this year. So that's our, our <laughs> uh, apparently not, man. You set a good goal for yourself, and uh, so far, so good. We had a couple uh, close ones there, but you guys were able to pull it off in the uh, North Texas uh, Elite Showcase Tournament this past weekend. Uh, you know, not to make light of that, because I, I know there were a lot of seniors last year, and that's kind of a, a tough way to go, but was that kind of a focus of your guys in preseason in all seriousness? Honestly, definitely. You know, that's something that uh, we focused on throughout the offseason was we cannot lose like that this year. And that's something I kind of pushed in the San Antonio area, especially our district, try to get PKs in the district. And unfortunately, uh, the vote was 8-8, to and we did not get PKs in our district. Once again, a tie. So um, I've kind of, I'm kind of fed up with ties. I hope we just win in regulation. But if we do, I think we're very well prepared. Our, our keeper is doing phenomenal, um, stopping PKs, and our shooters are backing them up. So uh, we're doing really well right now in PKs. We feel a lot more uh, comfortable and ready to go. Absolutely, yeah. So just out of curiosity, you know, kind of getting back to uh, that North Texas Elite Showcase and looking at the preseason that you guys kind of set for yourselves and everything, it's it's not a, a light preseason by any means. Uh, you know, how did you guys come to the decision to participate in that tournament and everything, and what led you to kind of wanting to compete in that? You know, uh, obviously seeing nationally ranked teams um, was a big plus, um, getting pushed early. Um, last year, I thought we saw playoff soccer right off the bat, and we started last year at one and two, losing, uh, you know, two games in the first week, and we were really kind of blown away. And I think it got the guys really focused, and I think this year we went in a lot more focused, confident, and starting off 3-0 was, uh, you know, really special, especially since we had uh, some key injuries and they didn't play a lot of minutes. Yeah, and that's kind of the difficult part with playing some of those competitive games. I mean, the game that I saw there on Saturday was uh, definitely a physical match. You know, the boys were out there uh, scrapping it up, and, you know, that, that win, that victory almost felt a little bit like what a state championship might as long as you guys battled for two overtime or three overtimes and everything. And uh, how did some of those injuries affect you guys? How are you guys looking right now in terms of just health? You know, we uh, we got to rest a lot of people on Tuesday. We rested five starters. Um, we mainly have a lot of uh, hamstring strains. And then, obviously, Wilmar Aguilar coming back from knee surgery. He's doing uh, very well. and um, But we also don't want to rush it where he's uh, playing the full game yet. And, uh, you know, just trying to keep him healthy for the season, not just for preseason. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about that uh, matchup that we saw against Sam Houston on Saturday. But just before we kind of get into that, I, I know there were some questions uh, around just your background in general and, and some of the success that you've had and the different programs that you've been a part of. For those who don't know, do you mind just kind of sharing with us exactly what that background looks like and, and what success you've had and where you've been? Sure, yes. Um, I went to Tarleton State University and uh, my first teaching and coaching job was in Granbury basically like 30 minutes away from Tarleton and, um, you know, you get the first teaching job and you start off on the junior high level. So it's mainly, you know, just kind of volunteering time at the high school when I could. And then when I finally got moved up to the high school, our first year, uh, we won state and had a great head coach. I learned under Larry Mayo and, um, you know, he was a good mentor for me and kind of really pathed my career, I think. And just seeing championship soccer right off the bat and having that kind of success. And so after that year, I went to Denton Ryan and the second year at Denton Ryan, we went to state and we got uh, obliterated by South Lake Carroll. Um, I don't even want to tell you the score. So <laughs> they had Don Media and Kyle Brown, who eventually went into the MLS. So we faced some really great competition and 
So I was at Denton Ryan for six years, and then uh, my wife was from the San Antonio area, so we moved down to San Antonio. And uh, my first uh, job in San Antonio was at Bernie High, and we won state right off the bat with a phenomenal group um, that just really impressed me, probably one of the more physical groups I've been a part of. Great defense and, you know, definitely stuck out. We won actually in a shootout, so back when it was 35-yard dribbling shootouts. And so I've won one that way and lost in PKs, and, you know, you definitely want to be on the winning side of those. Those hurt. And um, so anyway, after uh, Bernie High closed, we opened up Bernie Champion. And opening up Bernie Champion, first year we go to the regional finals. We really thought we had a team to uh, win state that year. That was Blake Smith's uh, senior year who eventually went into the MLS and, you know, he was kind of the leader of that team. And uh, we came a little short, fell in the regional final and a team that beat us, Hidalgo, ended up winning the state championship. Um, so that kind of left the burning fire in us. And in 2011, we actually won it at Burning Champion and uh, winning it um, with a great group, um, a lot of offense, a lot of great defense. We were very well balanced and uh, fortunately didn't go into shootouts or PKs and, um, I was very proud of that, and I think it helped my heart a little bit. And um, so going to Lee, um, inheriting a fifth-place team six years ago, our first year we uh, we won district, and I was really kind of blown away by the leadership from the guys. Uh, you know, the first one of my first statements at Lee was, who do you think we can knock off to get in the playoffs? And my captain at the time was um, Alan Obelis, and he said, everybody. And when I heard everybody, I thought that was quite impressive. And it kind of, uh, you know, laid the staple for what the program was going to become. And since we've been to the regional finals at Lee, um, two years ago, we lost to Reagan 1-0. And then last year, we were able to defeat Reagan 5-0 in the regional final and, and go to state. And unfortunately, follow short the state final and, and lose uh, in penalty kicks to Flower Mound. Yeah, and, and we all remember that game and everything, and it was a heck of a game, you know, and, uh, you know, we're just happy to see you guys still at it and, and still ranked this year. And, uh, you know, I was just curious because you mentioned uh, the, the captain and, and just kind of that relationship that you have with your players. And I overheard uh, there in the overtime uh, in the match against Sam Houston where you kind of asked Wilmar, you know, what side do you think we want to attack or whatever? And it was right before he actually scored that game-winning goal and he kind of indicated right there in front of him on the left-hand side. What's that relationship like with your players? What type of coach are you when it comes to just trying to trust in, in, in their instincts? And where do you kind of take over and try and lead them as well? You know, I think you have to listen to your players. I think a coach that tries to dictate and not um, run a democracy is, is going to fail. You know, I think uh, the democracy background is kind of my philosophy. And um, I trust my leaders. I trust my captains. And you know, I'll, we'll get their opinions. And luckily, I uh, have a great assistant coach, Jason Perez. He used to be a head coach in the Brambles that we bounce ideas off each other all the time. And, you know, definitely trust the players. And, you know, you get a feel for the game as it goes on and, and kind of notice things that you think you can take advantage of. And obviously, they do too as well. Absolutely. No, you can tell that they trust in each other, too. On that first goal that you guys scored, I believe it was uh, Francisco Segura who had that nice assist where it was just, you know, flicked it over his head uh, for the yeah, header right beautiful. there. Yeah, yeah that was beautiful. You know, I was really happy for our sophomore who scored that um, first year on the varsity. Francisco flicks it off the long throw and uh, Giovanni Garcia heads it in. It was pretty phenomenal. And, uh, you know, Paco has been pretty uh, sore, some hamstring issues and 
you know, for him to be on, even on the field with Lomar is pretty impressive. Absolutely. And uh, another player I was kind of curious about that just really stood out to me, uh, Andrew Erickson, just kind of on the defensive side. I know he's more of a holding mid, uh, but just his ability to, to kind of squash that attack. You know, after the first half, I felt like you guys pretty much dominated that match and they came out there in the second half and uh, Sam Houston really, I felt like maintained a little bit more possession in that half. And it was really a great effort. I feel like uh, not only by Joey Petroni, your keeper, but also by Andrew Erickson to just kind of keep it level there. Uh, what's he been like coaching? I know he's a senior this year. Yes. Yeah, you know, I feel like uh, he's always playing chess on the field. He's a, you know, very cerebral player, very intelligent, um, always looking at, you know, who the player is on the opposite side, shut down. He's playing chess sometimes, I say, and sometimes everybody else is playing checkers. And, you know, he's always one step ahead. And, you know, he's really partnered up with probably one of the best defense center mids, I think, in the nation, and Henry Boland as well. And um, number 23 for us, just he gets out of, out of so many jams, just so smooth with the ball. And we ended up making him uh, one of the captains as well this year. And, they play club together, and you can definitely tell they got quite the chemistry. And I feel like that kind of really builds our attack um, using those two great defense center moves. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we get back to that second half. Obviously, they get the equalizer. But I felt like in that last five minutes, you kind of saw where your guys didn't give up. You know, in the last five minutes of that second half, they really started to get some of the momentum back and everything there towards the end of the half. How important was that? You know, what was it like there kind of in the huddle, so to speak, before starting those uh, extra time periods? You know, I think, um, you know, our guys really turned it on to another level once they tied us. And I think uh, it woke up Francisco Segura and Wilmar Aguilar a little bit. And um, they had number 15 on their side that's a commit to uh, SMU. And um, I think they were like, hey, we, uh, we have a little offensive power on our side as well. And we really feel like we'd only have one person that can put it in the back of the net. But we have uh, two great forwards and another one coming on with uh, Jonathan Fascio, too, who's uh, actually leading us in goals, too. So if we can get him to continue and be that third scorer and um, we feel like we have the best freshman in the city um, and Christian Chandler uh, producing goals as well, I, I think we're going to be really dangerous uh, once we get healthy because I'd say we're about 70 percent right now. Yeah, and you mentioned, uh, I believe his name was Jose, number 15 there from Sam Houston. I think he single-handedly put five in against Coppell, who's uh, no easy uh, pushover either. So how did you yes. guys kind of prepare for him? Or, or did you, was it was it Andrew? Was it his kind of his man to mark? Or how did you match yeah, him? Yeah, we, we wanted to mark him with uh, Andrew, but he's a, uh, a forward. And so a little bit harder for a DCM to mark up with him. But obviously keeping Andrew aware of him at all times, kind of keeping him in front when we could. Uh, denying him the ball, and um, you know, I think Andrew did a good job of fronting him and and uh, not l allowing him to get the ball. And obviously Henry as well there in the middle and Christian. But um, I think our center backs really stepped up huge too, and that was mainly their role was to make sure they made life uncomfortable for them. And like you said, we saw him put five on Coppell. Uh, I was very nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Well, it ended up working out for you guys. Like I say, it was a, a beautiful game there to, to watch and everything. And I know Rafa probably has a, a couple questions that he'd like to ask you as well. Sure. Yeah, Coach, uh, uh, coming into this year, any teams you think are going to be a threat to re repeating uh, your, re your region championship, like from district and also from, from, the, you know, from the area itself? You know, uh, our district really surprises us year after year. You know, uh, last year, um, Reagan made it to the regional finals again, 
And so we've seen them twice now in the regional finals. So I think that speaks a lot for our district. Johnson tied us throughout district. We went 13-0-1. So we definitely respect that program as well. And, you know, Churchill has so much tradition over there. And, um, you know, we definitely feel like every game in our district is a playoff match. And I think that's what makes it really fun um, coaching at Northeast ISD. Yeah. And uh, any, any other teams you think as far as the threat, like from like just from Valley, Laredo? You know, Brownsville Rivera is such a powerhouse. I think they're always, you know, in the conversation. We scrimmage them um, early in the year already. And, you know, I thought that was important to do that to kind of get a feel for them. Um, I feel like definitely uh, Lake Travis has a lot of tradition up there, uh, making it state as well. Um, Austin Westlake, um, you know, when you win a state championship like them in football, that kind of breeds, you know, to the rest of the school. Everybody wants to be a part of that. So I think you have to watch out for Westlake too, a lot of tradition. Yeah, and just a quick shout out. I know you mentioned Churchill. Uh, Skyler Frey actually notched two goals in, in their third team win. So they're definitely a team that's uh, kicking it off on the right foot. And uh, Harry, I know I, I saw your eyes light up when you heard the name Blake Smith uh, there from Bernie mm-hmm. High School. Did you uh, have any questions about the glory days and, and maybe what we can expect to see here for SAFC? No, not a whole lot. You know, like I said here with, with Blake, um, you know, his his history's uh, traveled well, you know, from, you know, locally here uh, to up to FCC. I have, uh, you know, some friends that uh, <clears throat> do a podcast up there and they spoke very highly of him. And um, I'm, I'm expecting huge things uh, from uh, Blake and, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to, to see how the team's coming together because uh, the back line looks like it's it's coming. We got to you know, see about some forwards, but that'll be uh, later on in the conversation. Absolutely. And Danielle, did you yeah, have Yeah, any- Blake, I think it would be a great sign for them. I mean, he's uh, probably has one of the best left foots I've ever been a part of coaching in the last 25 years. Very smooth with the ball, very technical. So we'll see you out there for the uh, San Antonio FC matches, uh, cheering on Blake Smith, right? Without a doubt, yes, <laughs> for sure. And then Joey Petroni actually got in a game last year as well mm-hmm. with Cardiff City, and, uh, you know, it's fun cheering him on, too. Yeah, I tell you well, what, he was the way- on the bench as well for another game, right? Because uh, did injuries right or no? I think so. He, he's uh, he's definitely a very important part of their team, and you know, he practices with them quite a bit. It was really neat just to kind of see him out there and just like commanding that defense, you know, from his box and everything. He's obviously a very talented keeper and uh, excited to see kind of what the future holds for him. Uh, but one other thing I was curious about, uh, has Andrew Erickson committed anywhere or anything like that that you're aware of so far? Yes, he uh, committed to the University of Kentucky, who is obviously a powerhouse on the college scene, and I think that's going to be a good fit for him. Um, very competitive like Andrew, and, um, you know, they're really kind of seeked him out looking for a uh, true DCM, and I think that's going to be a position that he really fills in nicely for him. Oh, I agree. Now, looking forward to uh, watching him. And, and like I say, it was a great team effort by the boys. I, I don't want to negate anything that they did because uh, sure. they, they played with a lot of heart and everything. But before we let you go, Danielle, did you have any other questions? Yeah, I was just hoping to get a little bit of what we can expect on the women's side. They made it, um, I know, to playoffs. They won their first game. Um, and so just what we can expect this season from them. Um, sure. Yes, definitely. Uh, coach Dohansky, I think, is probably one of the more impressive uh, girls coaches I've been around. Um, very, very competitive as well. We bring him on our sidelines quite a bit. He played uh, keeper at the University of Santa Barbara 
and that kind of feeds on to our, his athletes. And, you know, Cameron Close, center back, is absolutely phenomenal defensively. And then you have uh, Compa in the middle with Brittany, and um, she's pretty impressive as well, and Helena top. Um, I just look at their team this year, and I just don't see any weaknesses. Um, I really expect them to make a, a deep run, and how sweet would it be for us both to get to the state tournament or regional tournament? we got to take one playoff game at a time. It, it would not, it'd be great to be matched up together in a lot of playoff games, get some doubleheaders, and I think we have the best fans in the city that would really uh, light up the stands. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. And I know a couple of those girls that you mentioned played uh, for the amateur leagues here in San Antonio. So it's awesome to see kind of how those teams are building and impacting our local high school level as well. So they're getting those competitive matches playing against um, some former NWSL players. Um, And so they're bringing that to the high school level. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. We had uh, quite a few players play for that team. And, you know, I think it's going to only make them more competitive and, um, obviously giving us some great scholarship opportunities. You know, we have a lot that have signed D1 uh, scholarships. So I think we have uh, three or four that have signed D1 scholarships on the girls' side. So very impressed with them. Absolutely. Well, Coach, thanks again for coming on. And uh, like I say, I know your schedule's been pretty hectic. Uh, just uh, real quick, I, I know you've got the, the Lake Travis tournament kind of coming up uh, this weekend, but are, are you guys going to be playing in all those matches? Or I know you mentioned there might be a little bit of a change of schedule. Yes, there's been a little bit of a change schedule. We've had some injuries, and uh, we felt like it's more important to protect our team. So we're only going to play the Friday match. Um, like I said, we had you know five starters out the other night um, against Clark. So we pulled out of the Thursday-Saturday match, and uh, some teams filled in for us. And so we're only going to play uh, the Friday match against uh, the Houston team, Springwood. And so I got a chance to go up there and scout today. And we're going to have our hands full. They're very talented offensively. Well, good luck in that matchup tomorrow again. Thanks for squeezing us in your schedule, and we're looking forward to uh, seeing what you guys do and and how you represent San Antonio. Hey, thank you. Proud to be a part of it, and thank you for covering high school soccer. You guys are doing awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back again. That's uh, Coach Rogers from Lee High School. We'll be right back. All right, so that was Coach Rogers from uh, Lee High School. Got to talk a little bit of Lee Vols, uh, men's and, and women's teams. So uh, expecting big things out of them this uh, season. But uh, moving on, Rafa, I know you were able to catch some matches uh, in Harry just a little bit down here in, in San Antonio and everything. Tell us a little bit about the uh, the showcase games that you guys got to see and, and, and just some of the other teams out here from this past weekend. Well, we did, me and Harry did get to see some women's soccer. We got to see uh, Eagle Pass versus Stevens, which Stevens won convincingly. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty good, pretty good squad. You know, you, know, you can kind of tell they have really good technique so forth. And then the second game we watched, uh, John Jay and and Judson and John Jay, it was a close game at the half, and then, and then John Jay, you know, turned it Just up. Just turned it on. Yeah, they turned it on, so you can see some improvement from them. And then third Tuesday night, I actually went to a doubleheader. I'm Nicole. I went to see actually Reagan versus John Jay and also Roosevelt Marshall. Uh, the Marshall game, um, it was a blowout, uh, seven to three over Roosevelt. So they're actually up six nothing, but Roosevelt fought back, and then the Marshall put their starters back in and scored another one. And then the more competitive game was the Reagan team, the Reagan versus Jay. Uh, very good, beautiful goals from the John Jay squad. They, they may be a threat. They're, they're might be, they might be a sleeper team, you know, 
as far as going to the regionals. So don't you know? Don't count out John Jay, but Reagan looked good to his first touch. I think they were kind of getting ready for the like Travis Showcase, you know, for the for this week. Oh uh, no, actually they're in Brownsville this weekend, so they're actually playing Brownsville Veterans Memorial tonight, and then tomorrow they're playing I think Rivera, so they get the view of the Valley teams down there. Yeah, and you talk about another uh, super school kind of uh, Marshall, both uh, men's and women's, putting on some impressive victories uh, this past uh, week and everything. Uh, just out of curiosity, I know you had told me that uh, Jay had a new head coach, actually, and they've kind of been building on that program, I feel like, for the last few years, consistently getting better. Did you notice any huge changes from kind of what we saw in previous seasons with maybe what the new coach is trying to do? Yeah, the the talent as far as I say, they're they're talent players. They're not as like the main player, like well, like the Plainancia, brothers. You know, I know they're missing missing them, but they're still a good solid team. They're a sleeper team, and you know you can tell that they have some. They're a real physical team. They they touch. They do touch the ball well. Um, so don't count them out. You know, I know they they lost to like Travis last year, real close in the playoffs mm-hmm. in the second round. So out they could be one of the favorites to win the district for you know with Clark, you know with Clark and Brandeis and O'Connor. I think it's going to come down to I think O'Connor and Jay for that district for the boys. So those are the, my two favorites I think coming into this season. As far as the girls side, you know uh, the Marshall girls look good. You know put ten ten on Roosevelt, so you know they could be also a sleeper to get into the playoffs as well. So, you know, that's some good things going on with, with their team. But John Jay, like I said, they're going to be the sleeper team, you know. Kind of look, look out for that. And that's just the beginning of the uh, high school soccer weekend. Harry, did you have something to add just from the uh, high school stuff? Yeah, so, you know, at the north side here, I think there were there were two dominant teams. On the girls' side was Bernie. Um, <clears throat> you know, they, they pretty much won, what, 12-0 over Eagle Pass, uh, eight one or six one over Southwest and eight zero over uh, Legacy. So, uh, on the women's side, they pretty much dominated. And then on the on the uh, on the on the on the boys side, uh, Clemens. I think that's going to be. They were a good team last year. I don't remember how far that they went, but uh, they, they 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 just took they took apart Warren. You know, and I know Warren lost uh, you know quite a bit to graduation last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but they just, they just ran, ran Warren off the pitch. It, you know, it ended up being eight Oh, um, and then, you know, you know, they also, uh, beat Clark three, one and also beat Jay four Oh. So, um, and in the, you know, three days, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they pretty much uh, took out the North side there in, in pretty convincing fashion. So, uh, the sleeper team, you know, in the San Antonio area to me, you know, if you call them a sleeper will be Clemens. Yeah. I think they're ones that you're also going to have to watch. And actually, they played today. Uh, I have a score for them. They played. They're actually also at the at the Austin Lake Showcase. Uh, they lost three zero to Kevin's uh, to Katie Seven Lakes, but mm-hmm. Seven Lakes always has a good program. So, well, prior it. to this, <laughs> well, and even still, though, to, to Rafa's <laughs> point, you know, sometimes when you're losing these matches, yeah, yeah there's nothing wrong with losing. <laughs> and then I think teams. I think Coach made a good point. Um, it is. Imp- I know from my side, being a high school former high school coach, we would. Play stack teams to get us for for district play. Pretty much, kind of get that playoff atmosphere because I think if you play a lot of weak teams, cream puffs, you know, not to put any teams down, you know, it's not going to challenge your players. And I think it's then that's a good thing. Like for Clemens, you know, maybe a loss to Seven Lakes, but it's going to get them prepared. Mm-hmm. 
district playing and for maybe a playoff team because first round they could end up playing Lake Travis or, mm-hmm. or Westlake. You mean so it's not a good thing for a USL team to play a FC Dallas B squad in some other colleges for their preseason warm up? Uh, I, I don't mind the MLS, but <laughs> no. uh, the, but the colleges. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into that later. But before yeah. we get into uh, all the San Antonio FC news from this past week, I I know Harry, you had a busy weekend as well, going and attending the uh, matchup between Alamo City and Innocentes. And we yeah, so Alamo City was able to do something that uh, unfortunately. Uh, the runners weren't able to do the last two years, and that was take out Innocentes. And uh, it was it was an interesting game. Uh, it was a, a, a little bit chippy. Um, and I know I'm trying to work on my New Year's resolution, but it wasn't just me. Uh, the ref was a little bit inconsistent um, on on there, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Just you know, some you know he, you know could let some play go and then he'd call some real close and, and you could tell both the, fr- the players on both sides were a little bit frustrated uh, by it but uh, uh, Innocentis got the first goal uh, in extra time in the, in the first half um, off of a, a soft uh, foul. It was a foul. I'm not, you know, not going to say it wasn't a foul but and you know so and, and they had a beautiful set piece in and you know like so here and and got the one nothing lead right before half uh, however alamo city within the first three minutes three to five minutes i believe it was in the second half also got a set piece um and converted on that as well and then they got the, the winner about uh, i want to say 10 15 minutes later and uh, then they held on, and you know it was it was it, it was it was a very intense game, something that you don't normally see at a UPSL. So you could definitely feel playoffs. that you know you know you know it was playoffs. You, mm-hmm. you could feel it in the air that you know it wasn't you know what you know there was a pretty good crowd that came out. You know, and, and it was, of course it was a chilly night. Um, so Alamo City is now going to be heading up to Dallas uh, to take on Foro Sports Club. Uh, that'll be. Uh, Saturday at 6.30, uh, so safe travels and, and wish you luck up, uh, up against Foro. Uh, they're, they're, pretty, they're another uh, pretty good team from, from North Texas. And then uh, if they win that and with maybe a little bit luck of uh, Houston FC winning, uh, we might be able to host the uh, final here in town. But with UPSL, we'll have to wait and see. And for all the controversial UPSL news, go to Harry's Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Scott was there. Just as Scott was there. <laughs> Talk about throwing under the bus. UPSL drama. Twitter. Hey, I wasn't going to go into it. It was just you know. Just, it was... But for those of us who want to know, we love the me. Yes. So Danielle, though, uh, just kind of getting back to the match and everything, and and without getting into too many specifics, you know, from a referee's perspective. I know sometimes it can be frustrating when it feels like they're not consistent the entire game, but when things do start getting heated and things do start getting a little bit chippy, how important is it to kind of try and get things back under control? Do you sometimes go the opposite direction because temperatures are starting to get hotter? Oh, that's a loaded question, Scott. Way to put me no prep work (laughs) at all. I guess we're just going to throw each other under the bus today. (laughs) New year, new show. So... It depends on the ref. A lot of that will depend on the ref, their experience, their tolerance level. 
Um, one of the things too is, you know, sometimes we'll start calling a game, we'll play advantage. We see the players breaking through and then the coaches start calling, you know, we want the call. So then we start making the calls and then the coaches or the players are like, no, but we want advantage. And sometimes the players want advantage. The coaches don't. So finding that, where everyone's happy is never, and then the fans are a different story. So finding that is always a challenge. Um, I'll typically, as soon as I see it starting to get chippy, I'll start to try to call it a little tighter. So that's where you can also see some of that inconsistency. It may not be inconsistency. It may be like, oh, now we're moving in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Players are getting frustrated. Hey, let's, let's start calling it tighter. Um, so, it just and it's going to vary. It's going to vary on the temperature of the match. Um, it's it's going to vary on a lot of those. There's so many factors that go into it, and there's there's a million things that go through your head as you're looking at each and every foul. Um, especially if I see that player, they're, they're breaking through that. I'm gonna I'm gonna let them go because in the offensive third, especially when you're talking UPSL, it may just be that hey, they're getting ready to go on goal. But now if we're talking about towards the end of the match, it's starting to get heated. He may have started to call a little more closer to the end. And honestly, it's not going to matter what we call. Even if we make the right call, the other team always yells. So, And I can't win for, for you know, I, I've had some matches where I'm like, oh, this is the best game I've ever called. And then, like, someone's always like, this was all, you're awful. And I'm like, I just called everything like beautifully. So it, it just varies. I, I will say the ref did to me, he did a good job, but you could tell the players and the coaches were a little bit frustrated because some fouls he would call some fouls. He wouldn't call even, and it was on both sides. So there wasn't, you know, one team wasn't getting an advantage of calls and, and another team wasn't. It just was that inconsistent where for one stretch of the game, you know, a shoulder would, would draw a foul. The next stretch of a game, you know, you could shoulder and nothing, nothing's called. And, you know, and that's where I mean by the inconsistent is, is you could see the players on, on, on the field were like, hey, five minutes ago, that was a foul. Why didn't you call this one here? And, and it was both sides. So that's why I'm, you know, I'm not trying to throw the referee under the yeah. bus by any means. It was just one of those games where, and it was a higher level game with the intensity and stuff. And of course, you know, close game. And, you know, so I'm sure that all played a part in, in, into it as well. But, you know, I happened to be next to James Hope, you know, who came out, uh, you know, you know, they were there and watched, you know, some of his kids uh, play. And, you know, you know, he was the one that, kind of, you know, he was the one that kind of mentioned saying, hey, you know, the ref's not doing bad, but, you know, it's just that inconsistency that, you know, on a player, you know, you, you, want, you want to know what he's going to call and what he's not going to call. And they couldn't get a read on it, you know, on it at times, so. So now we're throwing James Hope under the bus, and he's not even here. It's great. It's great. First show of the new year. (laughs) I love you, James. No, either a player may have said, hey, we want those calls. Mm -hmm. Hey, we want you to call it tighter. So it could even be someone on their team who's maybe been a leader or maybe the captain, you know, just has a word, hey, we really want you to call those. We don't want advantage. So now all of a sudden he's calling it. Or, hey, let us play through. So – you could have had someone who's that leadership position on the field ask for those. So yeah, it's, it's just, we're going to learn though on this show, we're going to learn. And now my turn to throw someone under the bus 
Please help um, me. Please I just me. want to point out that Scott completely evaded the New Year's yes. resolution question. Uh, I, I had it as well. <laughs> I, I even <laughs> noticed that. So I think we need to circle back to that before we go any further. So Scott. <laughs> so I guess my <laughs> New Year's resolution would be uh, kind of like Rafa's uh, as far as uh, finishing up some education. So uh, got some college. I'm a Midwestern State alum like uh, Coach Rate straw there for uh, Denton Diablos, uh, but that's uh, definitely on my agenda. Uh, so I may be a, a UTSA roadrunner here in the fall. But. Get it, get it, Scott. But thank you. I was you hoping nobody would catch that. Actually, I thought I did a great job of just kind of no, going I was right on into my the list interview. here. But I was going to wait till the end. Uh, so okay, <laughs> you, you know, you you you, you scoot through there. Well, so that's our UPSL action. Uh, as you mentioned, Harry, they will be traveling up there to take on 4-0 from North Texas. So uh, wishing Alamo City, obviously, the best of luck in, in representing San Antonio. That's going to be a, a tough matchup. And I know you were looking to try and find a link for a live stream or uh, something like that, Harry. And I, I'm sure 4-0 will do something on my mm-hmm. Cujo. I'm sure they watch. Cujo. And real quick, just a reminder, as we're talking about Alamo City, the women's team is hosting tryouts, I think, the end of this week. It's coming up within the next few days, um, and it's listed. The women's team, I think, is now being branded as the um, San Antonio Surf. So it's still the same team, same coaches, just mm-hmm. now because their their parent organization is now Surf, their women's team is being rebranded as the Surf. So. Um, you'll see that. So if you've got ladies, you know, um, who are out there playing, and we obviously just talked about the benefits of playing in the women's amateur league here in San Antonio and how it's benefiting um, Lee because some of their, their players have played some really good um, South Texas competition. So um, just remind them, mention it to them, encourage them to get out there. And um, Yeah, that, that'll be uh, on the 12th from 2 p.m. or pardon me, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., um, it's at the Alamo City Soccer Complex. Obviously, you can go to www.alamocitysoccerclub.com forward slash WPSL. Um, they haven't transitioned over yet. That that technically doesn't take place till I want to say Rick mentioned it was May uh, for yeah. here. They uh, didn't have um, the tryouts with the surf logo on it, though. Yeah, so. so- when they when the team does start, it will be yeah. the ladies will will be yeah. under the surf. No. Um, they're still kind of deciding on what to do with the, with the men's team mm-hmm. uh, for that here for the upcoming uh, spring season mm-hmm. uh, for it. So probably one more Alamo City for the UPSL men's if, if I was to you know make a wager uh, mm-hmm. for it here just because technically they don't uh, you know convert over to the surf and, until through there. But yeah, it's um, I know for the WPSL and the UPSL uh, that's tryouts for both. Um, for that here. So yeah, if, if you are in the area, I do know that, uh, from what it sounds like here, um, they do have uh, quite a few of the UTSA roadrunners, uh, women's teams that typically, uh, play on their team. And then of course, uh, you know, other, you know, other high schools and stuff around the area. So and to point uh, that definitely out, worth yeah. an opportunity. There are uh, a huge, I, I see a shout out here for a uh, Harlan girls soccer, uh, for mm-hmm. Kaylee Kuchka and Ava McKay. And uh, just a recent one here as well for home soccer, uh, for Karina Castillo. So like you said, a, a lot of different high school talent here uh, for the WPSL side as well for you uh, mm-hmm. high school athletes that maybe want that extra competition. In training. And they training. Have, yeah, the, the, um, the... Neil Hall has also trained some of the players who 
um, have gone on to D1 schools and who've gone on to um, dabble on some youth national team games. So I know he's had some training camps um, with them. So they've got a good training program out there. So um, even just going for tryouts is you'll learn, you'll learn a lot and you'll get a lot of good insight. So um, definitely worth it. That's why I'm trying out for San Antonio FC here. Uh, wait, it was today, wasn't it? Dang it. I missed it. I wanted that new training top. That was my reason. Well, why. he brought back Matt. So that- he needs a backup. He needs a backup. <laughs> I, didn't, I, think, I think Joey might have something to say about that. Yeah, even for either. the backup position. <laughs> I am a national goalkeeping license. So I can train you, Scott, for all. Yeah. <laughs> next year, Rafa. Next year, buddy. <laughs> goals. Hashtag 2020 goals. There, there you go. That that new goal. That's what mine should have been, I guess. Was uh, trying out for the uh, San Antonio FC next year, but uh, you know, live and learn. So, oh, well, moving on to San Antonio FC. Uh, there's been a, a wealth of of player signings and, and schedule releases and, and everything else. So, uh, just to make sure that we don't miss anything, Harry, I'm going to let you take it away for uh, the latest San Antonio FC news. So we'll just start with the players. Uh, so we, we obviously knew Pirano was coming back, and I think Ebi uh, Akan uh, we knew was coming back. Uh, since then, they brought brought in Blake Smith from. Uh, he was on, you know, he was on one of the Canadian Premier teams uh, last year. I forget which one it was, but technically loaned out from uh, MLS uh, Cincinnati. Uh, the year before, he really excelled with the USL Cincinnati. Um, I think he, you know, as, as uh, Coach Rogers mentioned here, uh, he's got a heck of a left foot. Um, so I think, I think you, know, you know, if they're going to be doing that counterattack pressing where he's going to be crossing it in, I think he's going to be an asset. Um, on the other side, uh, on the right back, they brought in Connor Maloney. Uh, young guy has had, you know, I think he's, what, 24, spent three seasons with uh, the Columbus crew, uh, kind of going back and forth between there and Pittsburgh. Hasn't played a lot of minutes, so I think he's probably one of those fringe players where he's got the talent to be MLS, but maybe not you know enough to start. So uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see um, how he turns out. Uh, they brought in Hunter Gorski. Uh, you know, I know him a lot from the Tampa Bay Rowdies, but uh, you know, last year he was with a little bit with uh, Loudoun United, um, and they brought back Yarrow today. Uh, Josh Yarrow, you know, favorite. Um, they also brought back uh, Matt Cardone. If you're Woo! Good. Matt! So, you know, uh, the back line uh, will st- you know, looks to be a little bit more solid, uh, you know, uh, for it here. I still think there's some questions uh, for it here. We'll, we'll have to see. But, you know, I think uh, I wish there was a little bit more hype on the, on the center back side. But, you know, you know, I think you got a good rotation of at least three. That's probably a little bit better than what we had last year. Um, and then the other one that we got, which I really enjoy, is Jesus Chuy Enriquez. And, uh, um, and unfortunately, we know him from RGV. Uh, you know, he's a, you know, I know SAFC said they wouldn't, you know, show the, the bangers that he had against us instead of showing against other teams. But uh, <laughs> I'm kind of excited to see what, what he'll do, um, especially with him and Blake on that uh, left side there. I, th- I think you could see. Uh, to me, he, to me, he's probably a younger Forbes. Uh, now I think he might play a little bit more defense, but I think he's got that speed, that attacking, and, and uh, of course, uh, being able to cross it in. Now, unfortunately, we have nobody to cross it into outside of Pirano up front, uh, so there's still work to do on that. 
the other big news is the schedule came out. Uh, so, you know, Copa Teos, you know, we have the schedule out for that. I, I put the tweet out. Uh, Danielle's got a website, you know, with her and Steve. Uh, <laughs> Don't expect much from it right now. I, oh, come on. You see. I know. Give me time. <laughs> I'm not like you. I can't do things instantly. <laughs> There's about four games for next season up, and that's about as far as I got before I hop on the podcast. Uh, Progress, but, not perfection. But to me, I guess kind of the highlights, uh, the open looked kind of tough. Uh, the open uh, opening game, March 7th, against uh, the USL champions, uh, Real Monarchs. Uh, they go on the road the following week to Colorado Springs, which SAFC's never won there yet. Uh, and, of course, they had a rough time last year. And then they come home and face Phoenix. And then they go on the road to play Vegas, which last year was uh, a little bit challenging, you know, uh, to do. So, you know, the first four games in March will, with a, you know, pretty much a brand-new team, it seems like, um, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they come out of the gate. Uh, probably some highlights of it is, you know, the, the end of the year, uh, you know, basically September, they got four matches, two at home, two on the road. And then in October, they got two, two out of three at home as well. So, uh, really only one bad stretch, which is in August where they do New Mexico, Orange County, Los Angeles, and then on the road to Tulsa. Don't they Other typically than, have kind of like a West Coast trip there yeah. where they usually have about four on the road somewhere? It in happened the season? two years about two years ago. They had like four straight. So at least so there's not a whole lot of midweek matches though. Looking at the schedule and stuff like that this season. No, the the one that I like though is is New Mexico, which I think sucks, is on a Thursday. Oh, okay. Thursday. Um, however, they play Orange County the following Wednesday, and then Los Angeles. I think on that Sunday. So. You know, we happen to be off that week, so we're kind of toying with the idea of, you know, driving out to California. But then I was looking at the traffic just now, and I was like, I don't know if I want to get into that. Orange so. County. <laughs> you and Harry, do we all know you're going to go? Right. Well, the go. wife, don't, don't, one like, and I'll go. Like, Say no more. The, the family wants Harry. to do a beach vacation, so I'm like, well, there are beaches in, Cal- in California, but you know, we're also talking about Cancun or you know Hawaii. So USL doesn't or San Antonio FC doesn't play there. I know. I was like, there's no, there's no Mexico USL. <laughs> Not yet. Um, I'm like, if Perry has anything to say about it, it'll be like, uh, San Diego. That's yet. what we did. San Diego and then to Orange County. But the other big thing, and this is what I'm hoping to see a little bit more from the supporters this year, pretty much all the local matches, you know, RGV's on a Saturday, Austin Bold's on a Sunday. I know that one might be a little bit more difficult, but it's, you know, just up the road. Uh, Oklahoma City's on a Saturday, El Paso's on a Saturday, as well as Tulsa. Tulsa's on a Saturday. So all within a all within a seven to eight hour. You know, if you're trying to you know go out and support the team within you know a, a decent day's drive. I know Tulsa and El Paso, um, even the energy is a long drive, but it's still a very easy drive uh, to be able to do. All of those are on the Saturday, so hopefully you know between. Uh, the Crocketeers between Mission City. I know 210, you know, Alliance is coming back a little bit more active this year. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get maybe a little bit more road support going, you know, down, especially to RGV and Austin. Um, I think those are the two close ones. And to be honest with you, I'd like El Paso to have a pretty good presence, at, you know, of SAFC being a Copa Tejas match as well. But um, I'll be at that. I'll be at the uh, 
opener, at least tentative right now. But it's it's in. Well, here's the interesting thing here for for Copateos representatives. June 13th is the only time that you got all four of the Copateos teams facing off. You got the Bold versus RGV and the Locomotive versus uh, SAFC. I will say this for SAFC. They're either going to be in it or they're going to be out of it by August 29th. Well, no, by by, by June because they play All there. they play April 18th. They play May 3rd, May 30th, and June June 13th. So you're going to have four matches already done by you know by by yeah. June for SAFC. So you're going to have a pretty good idea of hey, is SAFC have a chance back in it this year, or you know, hey, is it just playing out the string? So, Rafa, I'm a little little curious, man, with the uh, announcements and the recent signings and everything, uh, getting back to San Antonio FC and, and the upcoming season. Uh, Formation-wise, do you expect them to go with like a 5-4-1, or, or what do you – can, can you take anything yet? From what, from what Harry was saying as far as a player signing, it sounds like he might be going to a 4-3-3. That's that's kind of if you're gonna and if you're gonna have like the outside defenders attack kind of like what Marcelo does mm-hmm. and and Danny Calvarol like for Real Madrid I think that's what I'm starting to I think he's shaping the team like um, especially with the new signing from RGV like I said if he's gonna be crossing in you know we need guys from outside that can cross especially from the backside so it looks like he's going in through a four three three or maybe a four two three one. But we are going to have four in the back. That's that's what look it's looking at right now. My concern right now is fours. Well, we don't have any, with so Guzman. Yeah, we just found out Guzman's going up to Hartford. Well, yeah. I told you it was gone. I told you it was gone. I knew he was going. No, no one believed us, Harry. No one believes Harry's oh, goodbyes. Hopefully, hopefully, he has a hopefully he has a nice warm jacket up there. <laughs> and Hartford so was. Enjoy the cold. <laughs> well, Hartford was a team that was ran borderline unprofessional last year, based on some reports by Sock Takes. So um, now I know they got a new coach, and I, th- I, th- I think they're going to be a little bit more professional this year. But you know, if reports are true, yeah, I was kind of surprised he ended up there. But yeah. and I think the biggest loss we had was Pekka. You know, mm-hmm. going to North Carolina. That was a surprise. I honestly thought he would stay, but you know, I think it's gonna be. We're gonna have to really find someone that can fill his shoes as far as as a, as a defensive mid. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, they may find somebody. But my my biggest concern right now is forwards. You know, they have to find at least two or three guys that can put at least ten to fifteen goals apiece. You know, because Pirano's gonna be a mark man this year. You know, he's going to probably get double. He was towards the end of, I mean, halfway through last season. So you have to find two guys that are going to take off the pressure off of him and that's going to cause a lot of trouble up front. And I think the direction what they needed, they need speed up front. And that's Mm -hmm. something I didn't really see. I know Frank, you know, Frank did a great job, you know, speed-wise. But we need someone with speed, with some size. And that's also going to be aggressive challenging the balls, you know, know, making – making them do a lot of, you know, stealing the ball, creating chances and so forth. So hopefully they're looking at some players that are going to, you know, find that one jewel that's going to put that ball in the net. Um, 
know, maybe they'll bring back the original Frank the Tank. I was about no. to say, are we talking about Frank Lopez or are we talking about Frank Tyu, baby? Well, they're different players, though. Frank yeah. Tyu is that big that can clean things up in the box. I like him coming on late if you need to go late. Yeah. Or Lopez is that speed guy that, you know, that that's not going to get pushed around. So I'd like to have both back personally. But, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and Lo, not Lopez, but Tayu was uh, – that. that's just more fun, guys. We don't have any inside yeah, information or anything that he's leaving the uh, Arena Soccer League. And that, and that thing that's, I don't uh, think he yeah. will leave Arena Soccer. I think USL is his side gig because wasn't he like the MVP of the he's league a king. last year? Yeah. yeah, he's like Arena League king. And he makes good money from my understanding is he makes – Better money doing that than he, than he does in, in the in the in the yeah. USL at this point. Plus, uh, we're we're month one month away from the game versus the Dallas FC, so they kind of have to hurry up and sign and fill that roster within the next two weeks to at least for them to build some type of chemistry and we're doing the workouts and all that because you know it's it's going to be a brand new team. It's going to take a while to kind of get everyone used to, but. You know, you know, like you're right, Scott. We, we don't need to be playing Trinity or St. Mary's or, or, or the Runners or that. They need to be. You know, I don't mind them playing FC Dallas. You know, hopefully they can schedule maybe games against Dynamo. Even bring a second division Mexican team or play one of the first division teams. You know, that'll get you ready for this long season. And I think that was, I think, a mistake playing. And hopefully they'll open up those games too and not be yes. scared. From your mouth to God's ears. Well, yes. let me ask you a question here, because I think one of the mistakes SAFC did last year is they didn't have any away trips, you know, whether it's to California or, you know, or, you know, to Arizona where preseason uh, trips, preseason trips Orlando one time. Yeah. The year before they went to Orlando, played a couple of MLS teams. So last year they stayed here, which I think personally, I think that was a mistake to be able to do because you do want to go out, get the training. And just being around, you know, MLS teams or, you know, the higher, you know, higher level, I think is good for the team. And, and plus, you know, outside of, you know, I think they went up to Dallas last year mm-hmm. was that was the furthest that they went away, which, you know, it's, you know, it's a bus ride. Yeah. But, you know, I think there is a point on, hey, you get out on the road, you get away from family, get away from the confines. You know, it's just you, you know, your roommate, you know, the little meetings. I think that's a pivotal part, you know, of preseason. Um, and especially if you can go, you know, go to Florida, you know, get in, you know, some, you know, some friendly matches over there with MLS teams or go over to, you know, Arizona, you know, you know, I'd love to see, you know, a, a Texas, you know, you know, winter camp or however you want to call it, but maybe tournament, like what they're doing to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I like to see that. I mean, that'd be great to bring in a couple teams. Even if it's just with maybe some, like, Northeast teams, like, have some of those, like, have Hartford come over. Have some of those that it's are in the colder climates where they're freezing now. Have well, them. last year they brought, what, St. Louis down? Um, but it, I, I, th- I they, or Was it a closed? Yeah, it was closed. Well, I think there was one that was open. Um I before it here, that was it. The open one was against El Paso. No, oh, yeah, that's right. It was against El Paso. Yeah, so those were closed. Love Harry. I think Harry everything's open to Harry Austin. Well, I knew one of them, but yeah, it was El Paso. It was El Paso, yeah. Um, I am very concerned because with Pekka and Ever leaving, the hotness factor for the San Antonio players has just gone down. So I'm going to need some time. Some to get on that. 
He's so little, though. He's so little. <laughs> and then, um, I'm sorry. We just we. I'm exciting. They, she wants to see like a Las Vegas light. more people. We got at least fifteen more coming. She wants to see a Las Vegas light uniform reveal where they come out and skivvy. Early like country, good old country boys. I'm like, we got a picture of someone hunting up there. I'm like, Connor's a pretty decent looking guy. Connor's a pretty good, decent looking guy. Young guy, blonde. Disney Cardone to grow that mullet. <laughs> have it flowing in the wind. We digress. Blake's we got digress. the beard. That I, I wish I could grow, but uh, you next we're going to be ranking players on their uh, appearance factors and, instead of their on the pitch ability. <laughs> Those are some important things too. <laughs> and and I think they probably have like all their entire team signed. They probably have like thirty no, or so. something. They're just not releasing it because they like to see Harry get all worked up. <laughs> I think I calm down. I have calmed down. To be fair, though, Daniel, intentionally I, to like get it, Harry. I think you bring up a good point. I think with the the number of signings that they're kind of releasing lately, I think that they at least have a few in the pipeline that they know kind of are coming. It is just a more a term of spacing it out a little bit because that's kind of the issue when you don't really start signing players until so late is how do you still give each one of them the attention that they deserve versus just saying, Hey, here's five guys that we signed, you know, and throwing them all out there or whatever. So I do hope, and and I would think that, you know, behind the scenes, they probably have an idea of a few people. Maybe it's just dotting some I's and crossing some T's. And I really hope that they have a big striker lined up and maybe that's why they are waiting until kind of the end to announce who that is because I feel like the last couple signings that they've announced were kind of the ones we almost expected to be the easiest to get done first. You know, like your Cardoni, like your Akon, like your Yarrow. You know, those had to be guys that they've known for a little while were coming back. Mm-hmm. Well, Basically, they're fixing the defense, and that's the key. And I, I think that. That they got to start with the defense, but... And a couple of those players, though, bringing them back, hopefully it allows you that room cap space, so to speak, or whatever you want to call it, to make a couple of big signings because they've had some good signings, especially for that back line. But I'd still like to just kind of see maybe a splash there at the forward position with, you know, all of the the successful forwards that we kind of had last year, all of our leading goal scorers now being gone. I feel like that's where almost they have to make the biggest impact now that they've solidified that back line. And one person we haven't talked about that I really liked how he started to come out at the end, Harry and Rafa, you guys may know this too. Um, the other young Argentinian player. Gomez. Yes. He in Pirano, the link up play between the two of them was awesome. And I would love to see him back. If we had any, has anyone heard? I, I would, I, for me, I, I would have brought him back because he was yeah. getting better. It's just, just need a little fine tuning, just as an experience. But yeah, young. Yeah, he had his. I think he he worked well. But you know, hopefully they do bring him back, unless he's going back to Argentina and someone signed him up down there with like Boca Juniors or one of those teams. But there hasn't been any announcement yet or anything like that of him signing with another team. So he's kind of still up in the air as well. That's a great point, Danielle. Harry, I'm going to need you to get on Twitter about that. Can you start? <laughs> uh, Getting on that because it seems like whenever you start tweeting up a storm, they respond. So. Yeah, because there's there's players that we still don't know, like La Hood and Restrepo. You know, yeah. even Tony Taylor from that. Even though uh, he was, don't mention Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no disrespect. He had his Tony, moments. I don't want you back. He had his moments, but 
I'm just saying there's players out there that we had on the bench that, you know, Lance Lang. Quiet. so I have a feeling they're probably going to, if it's, if they haven't been signed by now, I'm sure they're probably going to end up being signed, being brought back. Well, I think part of the problem is MLS is still doing their CBA right now. So player movement up there is slow. So if you got somebody that's possibly fringe looking at possibly going there, they're going to have to make a decision fairly quickly. Hey, do I go to USL and get minutes through there? Or, you know, do I try to ride out and see what, you know, what, what the deal shakes out, you know, with the CBA with, uh, with MLS. So uh, I'm not too concerned about players right now. I know we want to try to get them in, but I also want to, you know, kind of see, you know, if we can get some fringe MLS players that, that either get dropped or along those lines, I'd rather have spots, you know, okay. to be able to be have them go into as opposed to other teams that are already at 18, 19 players. There's not a lot of uh, spots available. So, um, you it's know, a good I don't, point with the MLS Super you know, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, if you're going to play it slow, there are, mm-hmm. there are some advantages. It's frustrating as a fan. Don't get me wrong. And, and, and we saw that with SAFC Twitter, where before Christmas, it, you know, it was starting to get a little testy between everybody. Um, but uh, since we got some player signings and uh, schedule release, you know, hey, everybody's all best friends again. Oh, it's never good enough. They solidify <laughs> the back line, and it's like, well, this is great, but where are our strikers? <laughs> hey. At least, at least we're not arguing between each other. <laughs> you think they may go through, like, maybe through the loan route? I think loans. I also yeah. think that, you know, there was one of the um, – Forwards that got drafted, I want to say nine or tenth, uh, you know, through there. That he's rumored to have signed a USL deal as opposed to going to MLS. Because uh, remember, we got you know Ebi Akan, you know, he was drafted by the by the Fire last year in the third round, and he signed with us. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those things to where if you're trying to get, you know, and as much as I hate to say it, I, I think SAFC is going to go a little bit younger, possibly up front for that speed and 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 along those lines there, you know, to, you know, I still think they need one veteran, but I could see them trying to go with the youth and, and the speed, as you mentioned there, Rafa. Um, so, and, and, and like I said here, I think that's, that's, that's why we're not seeing a lot of movement up front as of yet. Well, those signings have been active and everything. So we're going to be back to our uh, regularly scheduled programming and everything. Uh, the new show will be, on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. This week was kind of Thursday just while we're transitioning to that new schedule. So I'm sure we'll have a a lot more signings to talk about uh, next week and obviously some more high school action to talk about next week as well. Uh, So I'm excited to go see some games on Saturday for the uh, tournaments down here for the NEISD showcase. Uh, But let's get into our final thoughts, guys, and uh, wrap up this show. Uh, Wait, one more thing. The yeah, Copa? You forgot, the biggest, you forgot the biggest story, Scott. How dare you? Well, I thought really we had touched on it kind of already a little. We, we haven't scratched no. it off, though. We've just been circling it. Scott, no. That, was bad. that was bad producer we, Scott right there. This is kind of a big deal for San Antonio soccer is we had Marlene Campa sign for, um, I'm going to say it wrong, Club America Femenil. Good job. You got it. How am I Rafa doing? Proves. Okay. <laughs> Two thumbs up. But um, that's an important thing because um, she played with the Athenians their first year. Then when they didn't have a team, she went to Houston to TTI Blue Bonnet. 
Um, and then she went to Iceland and played um, in their league up there. And then we just got announced, was it yesterday, it feels like? Or was yeah, it yesterday. That she's playing for Club America. And that's huge because, I mean, that's a huge league. Lots of recognition, lots of names, great training. Um, and that league is only growing. Um, so it's great to have that San Antonio connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great to see the fruits of kind of the labor that's been for the past four years of developing women's soccer in San Antonio to see where it's at. Um, and I think we don't, we, we talk about um, some of the guys from SAFC Academy playing for the USL team, but here's someone who's actually breaking into some of the top, I mean, first division of women's soccer. So um, that's pretty incredible. Um, and then Rafa, cause you are very familiar with that club. You have any thoughts on that? Uh, she's in a good spot. That's a very, since I used to coach for Club America, their academy system, it's a very good system. Um, they have a lot of partnerships with the European teams, especially like Ajax and PSV. Mm-hmm. So a lot of their training, like, cause I still have the book as far as the training. Um, so she's, she's going to be very well prepared and hopefully maybe they'll lead her to maybe getting called up to a national team, you know, whether it's us or Mexico, it's a good jump for her. I know the Mexican Federation is looking as far as their players for the, I know for the next world cup is, you know, home base players. And hopefully they'll bring the team over here. I'd love to see the, the women's team from call America play a game at Toyota. And I think that would be a very good, just to showcase not only her, but also NBA enticed to bring women's soccer here. And who's to say they don't bring a women's academy from Club America here to San Antonio mm-hmm. start taking players down there. Well, you mentioned that. That was kind of my first thought is just the Athenians, you know, even if it's not at Toyota Field with some of the friendlies they've had against Monterey and, and uh, you know, at Tigres. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see that that connection happen. Mm-hmm. And I apologize, Danielle. I thought you were going to say Copa Tejas. That one did completely slip my mind. So thank you for calling me out on that before we uh, – yeah. Was that your final thought, or did you still have a final thought on top of that? Plus, you get to play at the Azteca, too. Hell yeah. And get paid to play, probably, which is something, you know, that I'm guessing in UPSL probably doesn't happen. So congratulations to her for sure. And this is great for San Antonio soccer. It starts to put us on the map. You know, she's got two sisters who are just as talented as she is. Mm -hmm. And maybe we'll see a a Compa sister – Reunion. Well, one of them plays for Lee. Uh, yeah, uh, the coach said earlier in the comp, you know, uh, earlier and in the show. And then Anna's at University of Incarnate Word, so yep. still playing here locally. So you're absolutely and, right. And she plays on one of the UPSL teams um, over the summer too. So lots of talent in the family. And I know, I think Sporty has gone to Mexico at least mm-hmm. twice, a couple times, yeah, and brought their their female players over there. So a lot they're getting good training both in Mexico and making those connections. So um, it, it's fantastic. I think we we just have some good things to come um, from the fruits of that. But um, Copa Tejas, I'm excited. Steve Arters and I had our meeting um, to talk strategy and get prepared, and um, it's awesome to see already the day the schedule is released. Um, kind of the Twitter flurry of Copa Tejas. And um, I think it's going to be awesome. As I said, I'm right now tentatively looking at June 13th to go to an away game, um, make the cup, uh, have a little quick visit and uh, a little road trip. So 
um, I think that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. So um, that that and the podcast is going to keep me busy full time. Um, So I'm really looking forward to it and I can't wait to see. Um, And I do just want to mention neither mine nor Harry's cat made an appearance today, but Coach Roger's dog um, is now podcast famous. So if you're watching, see if you can see him make his appearance. Little uh, sneak peek, we'll give a prize (laughs) to the first person that posts a screenshot of the uh, the dog. So in between the podcast and Copa Tejas, hopefully you can ref a couple soccer games as well. Maybe Uh, one or two. (laughs) But what about you, Harry? Uh, What are your final thoughts for the evening? So I've got a couple of quick hits here. Um, I've kind of, you know, it's it's getting that funny season for women's soccer since we're talking about that here. Um, I've talked to a couple of sources uh, for the UWS. Uh, that I've been able to kind of develop here. Um, right now, uh, the was it the Southwest Division, I think is what they call it. Uh, right now, technically, there's only three teams listed, uh, the Athenians, Elite, and Austin, Eden, and the Houston Aces. Uh, I've been told there's at least two more teams coming in, so it's going to have more teams than it was, was last year because El Paso Surf ended up uh, switching to WPSL. Um, haven't heard a lot of movement on from the WPSL teams like the Blossom, um, or the uh, UPSL women's teams, just kind of see what's what's happening with that. Uh, so just a quick tidbit on that. Uh, the other one here, uh, and I know it's not SAFC related directly, but uh, um, it sounds like uh, Daddy Dynamo uh, is breaking up with uh, RGV uh, at the end of the year, end, of, end of this year. So they must be um, happy for Copa Tejas. Uh, it may be all independent teams, and we'll be able to kind of see. Uh, you know, RGV and the uh, Open Cup and stuff that they've, uh, you know, that they've wanted to go into now. Uh, of course, Houston's came back saying, hey, it's not necessarily true. But uh, from from my understanding, um, there's some smoke to that to that rumor here to where uh, I think it's something that, you know, unless relationship changes pretty quickly, I think that's something that we're going to see, which um, I think, you know, as long as uh, RGV sticks around, uh, like I said here, I think that'll be, Great for, you know, you know, for Austin, which I still think is a question mark with Austin FC coming in. But if you can get RGV as an independent, I can see that rivalry really taking off uh, to the next level as opposed to just a two-team rivalry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could see from some of the players that they've talked to and stuff like that that have come here to San Antonio FC, uh, Edson Ochoa from down in the Valley did a great job talking to Charlie Ward and, and re kind of Showing that interview ago. and everything, and yes, yeah, so I'm sure the players and the and the fans down there. It sounds like that's something they've been wanting, kind of for yeah. a little so while. I know the fans have, you know, talking about the stampede mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. But and, and I think you know, we, you know, we we give them crap because you know, Daddy Dynamo, of course. Um, but I, I would love to to be able to see a you know a healthy rival. You know, they're what, four hours away. Um, yeah, I know last year they finally came up. Uh, you know, the first couple of years we went down there pretty heavy. Um, but I think if they become independent, I think you could see that rivalry take the next step. And especially with Copa Tejas, with Austin, you could have a fun little, you know, little derbies between, you know, between the three, three teams and, and not to dismiss El Paso, but you know, they're, they're, they're eight hours away. So, um, you know, as close as, as Austin or RGV. So for me personally, I'm, I'm hoping it does happen because like I said here, I, I, I just, I think for RGV, I think, You'll, you'll see more of a crowd turnout because I think they'll be able to bring in um, more like players it. that are suited. You'll probably see a, a few more 
Mexican players, you know, that, that, you know, they may be older or, you know, from the, you know, from the second teams, but I think that would be it. Also, there's one thing not to call out uh, Danielle on, but she forgot to mention something. See? There's probably a lot of things. What's happening in Houston and what's happening in RGV with uh, the, with the, was it the women's qualifying or? Yes. So I'll take it from here, Harry. That's all you needed to do. Great intro. (laughs) Um, Don't forget women's Olympic qualifying. Um, We're truly blessed. Um, The U.S. women's national team is playing in Houston on three days. Unfortunately, they're all weekdays, but equally, and the, and the prices are like 30 to $40. They're really good prices, but the tickets are selling out. So if you want to see them, get them now, now. But if you also want to see some good soccer, um, and they're all, I think, listed as double headers, mm-hmm. down in the Valley, um, the Mexican women's national team, and the Canadian women's national team, which has some phenomenal players, Christine Sinclair, who's been playing with the Portland Thorns and is right behind Abby Wambach for international goals scored. Um, and you'll see players that played in the World Cup um, in RGV, and it'd be great to support them because um, when I watched um, the games last year, there was like 10 people in the stands, um, and the tickets for RGV are only $15. Um I think that I would love to see those games in San Antonio at Toyota Field, but maybe it's a Daddy Dynamo uh, type thing. But, um, yeah, so get out there, see some of the national teams, people who played in the World Cup, um, and just see some really good soccer. But it's Olympic qualifying, so there's a lot on the line um, for those teams that maybe didn't make the World Cup um, or who have vendettas from qualifying for the World Cup. So, um, you should see some great things. Or if you want to see our women's national team, um, there's three games in Houston and then three in the Valley. And one of them in the Valley is on a Saturday. So you've got time to drive down, see doubleheader, and then come back. And uh, speaking of women's soccer as well, there is rumors that there may be a new women's semi-professional team here in San Antonio announced in the next few weeks. So We'll keep you posted on that as well. Uh, Not sure exactly which league it would be yet, if it would be WPSL or UWS, but one of those teams may be right here in San Antonio. Rafa, what about you? Final thoughts for the evening? Uh, Final thoughts. I'm just looking forward for for more action-packed high school soccer weekend. we got some big tournaments and showcases, like the Austin Lakes one. Uh, We have the Harlandale ISD, the Northeast ISD. So go check out, cheer on your team, you know, check, check out the boys. There's some upcoming talent coming up. You know, you got some players who played with the SAFC, go check them out. And then we have some big games coming up. You know, we have, we have season, some on the schedule, like Central Catholic versus Lee, mm-hmm. Reagan versus Central Catholic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, next week I'm going to see actually a little rivalry game from some of my, my club players, Edison versus Roosevelt. So it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. So some of my They'll play, be playing against each other. So we got some big games coming up. So I guess I hope to see you there. And then I have a little road trip coming up to Austin. So I'll be up working in Austin for a few days. And also heading down to Gordino's neck of the woods in Laredo. So I'll probably go check out some high school games down there too. Get him back uh, on the show while you're down there. Yeah, I'll get him back on the show. <laughs> you know, Give him our number. I think he lost yeah. it. Yeah, that's <laughs> at the hotel there. We'll do it at the, the, the cast there. Heck yeah. You know, go check out. Because they got some good teams. I heard yep. about like LBJ, United, United South. You know, they have some good. Well, we saw you know, United. 
Yeah, we saw United South, and you know they're up. They're actually uh, all three of them are actually playing in the, the showcase in Austin. The Lake so, Travis Showcase, gotcha. Lake showcase. So they they're really serious about taking up. You know they're you know they're you know picking up their game, playing uh, competent in a row, tough team. So so you know Lee's does have their hands full because Region Four is a, one of the toughest dist- uh, regions for high school soccer. And I think the one the closest one would probably be Region Two, because of the Dallas area. You know, I know how Coach mentioned about Capel and Salt Lake Carroll. You know, some they'll, they'll fight those out. You know, fight, they always have the dog fight over there. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And then um, Sunday's game, El Clasico, well, the the Madrid Classic for the Supercopa, uh, Madrid, Real Madrid versus Atlético should be a good one, even though. There was a little fight. Actually, if you watch the replay, there was almost a little fight between Messi and one of the players. From eight, yellow, eight yellow cards. Eight <laughs> yellow. Did you watch the game today? The, yeah. Uh, the what did you think about the offside call on the third goal? Because the guy had his arm out, <laughs> but they – He's still good. fighting VAR. Yeah, that, that well, has the to... <laughs> back says good, and the announcer said it has to. I, I guess, and this yeah. may be something that Danielle can tell us, but the announcer said it has to be a playable part of your body, not just any part of your body. So, but a playable part of your body, it, you know, is the line. But then you get talking about you know the the VAR rulings and the EPL, where hey, he's off by an armpit. So how <laughs> can a full arm stretched out? Just a playable goal, part of your body, but an armpit or you know just leaning over that much, it, it gets just you know. They, they cost Wolves a game there in Boxing Day, and then they cost Club America the championship too because of the VAR. And Harry, you already had your time with your your final Sorry. thoughts. We can't get into VAR tonight. Danielle's got one more final thought. This is way more important. <laughs> um, hashtag get Danielle a hat. If you notice, oh. all three of you have a hat on. Hashtag get Danielle a hat. Let's yeah, turn it up support. I'm, I'm waiting for the finance department to sign off on the PO. Get Danielle a hat. <laughs> oh, and Rafa, we've, we've decided Rafa needs to get a visor. Not a hat, but a visor. So give your hat to Danielle. <laughs> no, she doesn't get a hand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm Is just that how kidding. you feel about me? I'm just, ask I'm, Rafa. It took me like two months child. to get Rafa a hat. That's <laughs> part of the process. <laughs> hey, Danielle, here's, a, here's an idea. I know, I know New Mexico is not in our kind of like on our little rivalry game. Ever thought of doing something like the Copa Chile since they have hatched Chile in New Mexico and we have jalapenos here in San Antonio? That'd be fun. I don't think she needs another Copa on her agenda yeah, I mean, <laughs> though, right now. Uh, another <laughs> intern? As it is, I'm looking at an intern, but <laughs> look, but now it's Scott's turn. I'll, I'll be kind. I will. New Year's. New Year's resolution, me. see? New Year's new me. You started it. No, I'm uh, I'm just looking forward to again trying to uh, see who else San Antonio FC brings in, staying optimistic with their uh, new coach and everything, and and seeing what they can do. Uh, but kind of like Rafa, looking forward to maybe catching a high school game with him this weekend. Our schedules have kind of been across uh, the map and everything. But um, also too, I know a couple key ones that I was looking forward to was going to be uh, Churchill and Antonian. And then uh, I wanted to get out and watch the uh, Madison girls play as well. So uh, I know those are going to be two upcoming matches that uh, we kind of highlight, or at least I try and highlight. Yeah, that's that. another super team there, too, from what I've heard. That mm-hmm. They've really turned that program around. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on them. 
So that is uh, this edition for our first episode of 2020 of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. As always, what's life without goals?